0: You're tuned into the October Recovery Podcast. My name is AJ. I'm not an addiction counselor, specialist, or professional. On this podcast, you'll hear discussion regarding 12-step recovery programs and how they have impacted our lives. However, the podcast is not a promotion or an endorsement of any 12-step fellowship as a whole. The opinions shared on this show are those of the individual speaker. If you or someone you love is suffering from addiction and needs help, call Recovery Centers of America, 1-855-487-9626. The email is recoverycentersofamerica.com. There you will find detox, inpatient, and outpatient services in Danvers, Westminster, Mass., Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Another recovery option is Banyan Treatment Center, started by pro skateboarder Brendan Novak. Locations are Pennsylvania, Chicago, four locations in Florida, and one in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Also, help with addiction can be found at Foundations Recovery Network at 1-877-714-1318. Oxober Sober Recovery Podcast, episode 11. One, two, Is to, yeah, yeah, we're talking, that's got to come close to your mouth, oh, all right. I didn't like know. bring right closer. A little closer. Okay. And tilt it, like tilt it. Watch, I'll show you. Right.
1: How about like that? Can I just say anything like? Anything you want. I don't know. Screw. If I'm fuck say shit. The right. I'm just talking to you, but pretending this thing isn't here. Just telling you my experience. This is this? it. Okay. It's
0: that. weird talking. I know, but we're here because you have something to say.
1: Okay. And I love what you have to say. Okay.
0: I came in a broken man. I came Mm -hmm. into a meeting one day. I was clueless. You spoke at that meeting. I didn't know you. I connected with you spiritually. I mean, thank you, God, for putting me in that room. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to know. I I was scared. It wasn't like I got to know you that day. But then... And I don't even know you great right now. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. we're acquaintances, and it's great. It's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But maybe this, you know, like Corinne, we got to be friends by coming in, Mm -hmm. and now this is a way... To become friends, you know, but, um, there's so much to talk about. So I just want to say, so when I came in, you know, I told you, that I saw you and then, um, I met Gary and those guys and, and you do, um, you know, you do a lot of work with those boys who helped me. So that, you know, there was that connection there, but, um, I know sponsorship is, is, um, huge with you. So I was wondering like what your take on it was, if you could tell somebody who, cause I have a couple different people. I've got reaction of this podcast from my sister, Julie, who's not one of us mm-hmm. and she's interested in learning about it. And there are people who are new to recovery and there are people who've been in recovery a while. So could you explain in your opinion to, a person not in the program. What sponsorship is?
1: Okay, the first word I'd use is is an example. I I look for what I've had is good examples, and teachers they've taught me the right way. They've listened, so my sponsor isn't just someone that tells you what to do. It's you know like a task mask master. It's more. Can I tell you my experience with sponsors or how I... I would love that. So I had my first sponsor, Masha. I drank with her at one point, and she was a power of example of attraction of the program because when I'd see her, she had lost weight, she was very happy, and um, she was going to AA, and she knew how bad I needed it, and she would say little watchwords for me because then I'm like, you know, in my 30s. AA's got dances. There's guys there. <laughs> trying to learn. Um, so I asked her, so I was going to Seminole point. I'd ask her to go take me to certain meetings. And so she the first sponsor did. She took me to meetings and showed me around, introduced me to people. Um, and there was there was a guy like we would clean windows and win them, you know, like little side jobs he had. And it was, she was really trying to introduce me to others in a real relaxed way. Wow. So we all went window washing and went. And I'm thinking, they're nice. And we went to Cipino's for pizza afterwards. So my first introduction to her going to be my sponsor and AA was very casual and nice. And there was no, I here's how she got me to um, pray. She says, um, it, "Um, she goes, when you go to bed at night, Get on your knees. Ask God to take away the obsession for a drink, a drug, a pill, or a joint. And if you don't believe in God, borrow mine. Boom. That's it. That's how she said it. I can hear her. You and know, if you like,
0: don't believe in God, what?
1: Borrow hers.
0: Oh, borrow hers. Yeah.
1: Borrow her God. And so my first time on my knees, I lived near Mino's. And now, remember, I've been on my knees my knees puking my guts out. I've been on my knees snorting coke off the rug in Florida that my brother-in-law. But now to pray on my knees, I felt very uh, weird. In fact, so paranoid that I thought, imagine if, like, the FBI ever had cameras and I was ever seen on my knees praying. Like, I remember having that conscious thought. What it would be like for me to be seen on my knees, even though daily I was on my knees puking, hungover, right? So, Marsha knew I had a lot of pain, background pain from a child I had given up. So, through my sobriety, she was more. Um, I'd listen, you know, I'd be, I'd call her up, you know, oh yeah, that guy. You know, I banged him in the closet of the century insurance, you know, you know something like that, that she, I'd remember something horrific and call her, you know, right. and she'd say, would you do it sober? Would you do it today? And so she was good for reminding me that most of my behavior was then. My second sponsor was, so now I'm sober nine years, I'm crying and she knows I'm in a bad way about that. I was spiritually sick and all my issues had never been addressed. So mm. I said to her, I got to ask that guy. I got to ask that guy who had done Big Book because um, he. it was just God placed him in that room for me, and I know it, and he's helped many other people. But um, so I said, I was at a meeting one day, and he was talking about I was restless, irritable, and discontent, Sober. I was a prey to misery and depression, sober. I had a feeling of uselessness, sober. I couldn't control my emotional nature, sober. And that was the lie that I was living. Happily married in a home in Lynn with my teenage daughter not in trouble, my husband going off to GE, and I would be in my bed at night, hands up, right? God, I can't do it. Like, really, really sober but the pain and that internal pain and i would get up some nights and i'd stare at candles just stare at a candle and be lo- wondering why me and my pain and no one can know they don't want to hear it anymore it's an old story so i'm stuck i'm sick in my head and i got a spiritual sickness and again no higher power mm-hmm. so um i asked that guy it took me two days after he says that at the meeting Holy crap. So I said, Will you show me what your sponsor showed you?
0: This is nine months sober.
1: This is now nine years sober. So I I had Marsha for my first nine years. So So now, sponsor number two. Okay. My big book guy.
0: I want to, we're going to clarify this situation. So I want to hear from then. I want to hear about that. But I want to hear, I want to get us up to that point. And you mentioned cocaine. This is an AA. This is in no way, uh, like, I'm not a spokesperson for the group as a whole, for AA as a whole in doing this. Me neither. Yeah. But what I would like to do is, I would like to hear, we don't have to go, you know, we know you, you, were, it was, it was a crazy household growing up, right? You went to high school in Tech? Lynn English. Lynn English. You got your way through.
1: Got graduated.
0: Graduated. You were, um, were you the one who, were you like the party girl? Were you, what were you at that point in your life? Would
1: so in 12th grade, I was pregnant. Um, my mother was pregnant at the same time my senior year, which I graduated in the sense of I was at the home for the unwed in May till June. I was there a whole month. The child was born June 22nd. So when I got my graduation diploma, was handed to me, like in three pieces. The plastic covering, the cardboard folder, and the piece of paper you slid in. Have a good day. I missed out on all the proms and the graduation ceremony, because I was given birth, (laughs) so, oh well. (laughs) And my mother, you know, like this is how it was.
0: Wow, I didn't know that.
1: Okay, 1969.
0: Mm. when was your sister born, or your brother?
1: My brother was born four months before my son. My bro- wow. my mother and I were pregnant at the same time, yeah. and I didn't know until January. So I had gotten pregnant in September, and I was very, very, you were asking what I was like. I was very, very naive, um, scared of my shadow, wanting to be loved, always, you know, there was always that wanting to be fit in, um, but scared of anything. I don't want police. I, I, You know, we hung around Wyoming Square. There's some rough ones. They wanted to be Hell's Angels and there was whatever, some other bikey thing. I don't want cops. I want a good time, fun, but safe. You know what I mean? So I was like that kind of a naive girl. But I can tell you that from the summer of 69, when I left that home for the unwed, it was pretty much nonstop drinking. I was either high or drunk daily. And if I wasn't drunk that day because I was so sick, hungover, I'd be smoking a lot of weed. So I really, from 68, or I'll say 69 to 88, nonstop. Raising,
0: who was raising your child?
1: Oh, well, he was given up for adoption. Okay. So he was brought up in Nahant, which we did a search, and I found him, which brought me to the big book at nine years sober, The Pain of Being Rejected. He talked to me one day for four hours. He talked to me like I talked to you, AJ. He was telling me stuff ba, 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 for four hours. So I thought I'd meet him. And when he didn't meet me, I started thinking God's punishing me. Now we we go back to the God again. There's no God. So his rejection was really God's protection, but I don't know it then. Hmm. So I'm like, oh, God's getting me back. This is for commandment number. <laughs> This is for back in 72. So that when he wouldn't meet me, again, he talked to me once. But once he didn't meet me, now I'm on this mind thing that God's punishing me. Wow. For my alcoholic behavior.
0: Wow. Okay. So you went through, so um, so you didn't know him for those many, many
1: years? No, but when I found them, the father knew me from AA. Wow. That was a... Mind blower too.
0: Yeah. So, so okay. So 69, 70, you're holding down work.
1: So now from the 70s, now I've turned, I've gone from the little skier, little kid to now I am gassed up. I'm working at the car rental at the airport. Now I think, you know, I think I'm an air traffic controller. In my head, I'm a stewardess. <laughs> like, I'm only a car rental freak chasing famous people around. <laughs> Getting big money. We were actually getting good money for this job. It was crazy. So, I mean, drinking, going to work, and it, there was a time. So I was never a drug addict at the end of my drinking, and I never in, injected anything. But there was a year or two of snorting meth. There was a two um, two tu- Tuanols, Nebitols, Carbitols. But again, that's early 70s. Because I couldn't feel, I didn't want to feel any of my reality. Mm. And it was Jay Hines, the biker. You know what I mean? So I'm in that world.
0: Okay. Um, You're in the bikey world. Oh, yeah. And wow. I'm so lucky.
1: I'm I'm so lucky. I get the guy with the leather pants. I'm sleeping in a bike shop in a sleeping bag.
0: Wow. Isn't
1: mm-hmm. that sad?
0: Depends, <laughs> depends on the My best years.
1: <laughs> no, it was not pretty. You know, just. Yeah. You settle, you start settling.
0: Did things change quickly? I mean, you went from sleeping in a bike shop to what? So was that from, transition? So the like bi- Well, again, I'm or? drinking.
1: So this this world was the biker and then we're snorting, and there's a bunch of us and Nancy. And meanwhile, I'm going to go rent cars. Now, when you're snorting, crystal meth, then you can go rent cars. I'm renting and getting awards for being one of the best <laughs> rental reps.
2: You get a lot I'm done. winning
1: contests for like, she she rented the most Cadillacs, you know, like they'd have a contest, and, and you know, I'm going to work yeah. and I'm making my car rental counter a bar. Oh. So I'd get nips from the Ramp Rats, and I would tell the customers if you had to wait for a car. And you know the whole system has ended. It's not even like this now at the airport, but so I'd say to you, "Go over there and get get yourself a tomato juice or an orange juice or a coke because got <laughs> I got cocktails here while you wait. What a riot. So again, it was another drinking on the job. No, you know, I'm not a good worker among workers because I'm coming in late on my own time. I'm high. I might just leave at any moment in case a customer says, "I'd like to take you to dinner." Wow. and I'd say oh you know put up the phone and tell him I get sick or whatever so that so now I'm reckless I yeah. went from the scared kid to now I'm um drinking and meth and renting cars and it was disco days and you know Jacob's ladder and all that other and now I'm I now I think maybe I'll find a mafia wannabe you know like <laughs> if I get one of them guys
0: because <laughs> then I'll be is.
1: okay doll me up buy me something.
0: Did you go on a hunt? Well, <laughs> Maybe. I've
1: had two experiences. We don't well, have no, to go not there. deep. Yeah, no, not deep. But two. Okay, two guys that yeah. knew people. Yeah, you know? and it's scary. Crazy I did. World, I'm glad. Right? I. It's the grace of God because I can tell you a, a truth about that. Is um, I was doing some twelve step work with my big book sponsor, and uh, they knew a woman. Whatever they brought a woman. Well, he asked me if I would try to help her. With a, like the guy in the Cadillac brought her to my house okay. and waited while she was going to do the step work and she had showed me, I've seen it, she was used as a human ashtray. There were freaking cigarette burns where cigarettes were put out on her back mm. and I was like, and this is the world I wanted way back in the day.
0: Mm. Wow. So go ahead. Yeah, so just I mean, I'm just trying to get up to your your introduction into the program, and then because the big book. Nope i I just want to get up to like when you first got to AA, when you first started to think about recovery, and I want to just and then I want to pick your brain a little bit on some recovery topics.
1: Okay. So um at Seminole Point was my foundation.
0: So you how'd you get to Seminole Point? What was the final what so was So G E
1: sent me. I called up G E and I was um so again I was always trying and not be an alcoholic. But you know now I'm slow dancing with the um <laughs> the, the homeless man. It was a guy he li- he lived at his mother's and sometimes she'd kick him out and he'd sleep in the cemetery and and he had a palsy thing about him and um, anyway, my friends just said to me one day they were hysterically laughing, couldn't look at me without laughing. And one of them's doing clickety-click, you and your high heels. And then the other sisters, she just keeps looking at me laughing. And I'm like, what? What? And then they tell me I was slow dancing with Chuck. And I'm like, who's Chuck? And that, that made it funnier to them. I'm like, who, oh, what? Who's Chuck? And they're like,
2: yeah. you know
1: who Chuck he is. And dancing. then they start doing the shake, and I was mortified. So now I really got to go to AA. Like this is, you know, we have some, you know, what do we call them, jackpots and a DWI. I'm, so now I'm going to AA. So I called the GE Employee Assistance Program, and it was like "The there's no more fun anymore. I'm slow dancing with this guy. I'm being PC'd. I got a DWI. I've got shame, guilt, and remorse. My daughter's father doesn't want to know her. Um, not paying the rent, you know, paying the electric when they shut shut it off. Bouncing checks, unregistered, uninsured, just single mom. And so I called GE. I can tell you about that's another God moment. Was standing in the the girls' room, a second forty. It's the end of May. Diana gets married right around Memorial Day weekend, so. Anyway, I called them up, and uh, I can't work. I can't think. I can't take care of my kid. I was like so, so a grain of sand on a really big beach, so nothing. And, and I'm asking a god that I don't know what I believe in, but I remember standing out looking at that outdoors. I was looking at Western Ave from the girls' room, and I'm like— <laughs> Do you even know who I am? Like, if there's a God, are you there? Do you even know me? I felt so small. Not, I don't want to ever forget that small, small feeling. And um. so after that, I, I don't remember the exact, it was a third. it was a Wednesday. Because he told me, so I, I went to employee assistance, and they said, um, Oh, yeah, we can pick you up tomorrow and take you to Seminole Point. And I went, no, I'm in a wedding Sunday. I can't can't not wear the dress I paid for. Yeah, it's not a good time. No, weddings, come on, right, after the wedding. So they waited a week, which was June 2nd, that they picked me up, and I needed hope. I needed hope really bad, but um, I just said I I couldn't think. I couldn't take care of my kid. I couldn't do anything, and I knew I couldn't try to stay sober in Lynn. Yeah. Because my parents were, we lived in Wyoming, Square. My brother lives here, I live here, my mother lives here, so we're in a little cluster. And we all drink between the winds and the circle, so I'd stagger between the two bars. But. So they came and picked me up May 2nd, and I remember asking the cab driver. It was like a van. And I said, excuse me, we're going up 86. So when I first get in the car, have you heard this story? No. When I first get in the car, there's a, an older woman my age now, this older woman had like a gallon, um, of like a um quart of vodka. So I get in the car, and there's a little old lady there, and she's got a uh, half a gallon, whatever it is, not gallon, it's yeah. a quart. And I think, remember, I'm the one crying. I need help. And I go, wow, she's really screwed up. <laughs> she really needs
2: help. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, what, what's this all about? Oh, right. Meanwhile, so that gives me that, you know, an alcoholic, you're either Better than under her. the heap or above, right? So when I go from I'm under the heap, please, I got to go somewhere, to what's up with her? She's a real drunk. Um, that when we hit, we're going up 93, I don't know, near 89, I was back to saying to the driver, excuse me, excuse me, can you tell by looking at me if I'll make it? <laughs> Can no. you tell me if I'll make it? <laughs> Could someone give me some hope in this car right now, please? Yeah. And so that began and then in Seminole Point they were teaching me allergy. I didn't know. I didn't that's a kicker too because Were you
0: receptive to that right away when you heard it? Were you what it was your reaction? Actually,
1: I was really let me tell you how I love allergy because it really made sense to me. And here's how. The first question they ask you in a doctor's office is what?
0: What medicine do you have, is you allergic. Yeah, what do you Do you, do you have, have any, any allergies? allergies?
1: Yeah. And then they would tell me that I wasn't stupid. I wasn't a whore. I was allergic. No, you know that can't be real. And then they topped it off with they told me you know, we read, you know, read and watched um, films. One was never enough. One was never enough. I'd say I'm going for one but I don't recall ever having one. I recall leaving a drink. That's how important it was that I left it, that I made an announcement. I'm leaving a drink. Oh. And a thousand, an ocean, was never enough. So when they talked about that, but not only that, because a lot of people are stuck with that allergy. They think it's a cop-out or really. Well, then, and I can tell you, I'll show you the receipt. I have a receipt that the GE paid, Nine thousand six hundred and some odd dollars for this clown to get sober Now try to get nine thousand and six hundred dollars from an insurance company if I didn't have an allergy. You can't get a penny from an insurance company even if you want you know no matter what have tried with cars you know what I mean like so that helped me with why would insurance companies Spend billions, because some people in GE were multiple hitters, you know, in and out. That, again, I needed, I need concrete yet simple terms to get my attention. I don't want theology. I don't want your brain. I want it. So when they were telling me about allergy and then telling me if it wasn't an allergy, why would company uh, insurance companies pay for you to be here? Yep. My ears are perking up. Especially it wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. That's why I couldn't choose my kid. I needed to learn how again, it's in um, more about alcoholism. Whether you can quit without God's help depends upon the extent that you lost the point to choose. So I always thought, and I would hear people even in AA, I love booze more than my kids. I love booze, I love drugs more than my kids, and I'd be like No, I didn't. I'd be on the bar stool showing you pictures. Don't tell me I did not love my kid. But if I got to choose home reading a bedtime story or I got 20 bucks to go down drinking, catch you later. The babysitter will read it to you. I'll be showing you a picture down the bar.
0: Nothing to do with that. And I was not
1: even conscious of how how that was being played out. Right. But that's exactly how it was going. I couldn't choose her. Don't tell me I don't love my kid or I love booze more. I couldn't choose. And that sounds like a cop-out, just like allergy. But when it made, you know, in the doctor's opinion, one of the first pages, second page, it says his his description of it, it made sense. It okay. explained many things we could otherwise not account. Do you yep. remember that? So that was getting me. So now I'm in. Then they would say two out of 38 or two out of thirty-six will stay sober. All this room, all you people here now, look around. Only two of you are gonna make it. And I was making a mental note. I gotta be one of the two. And there's a girl, Rita, in Marblehead. Rita and I are the two girls that, when we see each other, like, <laughs> like that, we know of that we are survivors. Yeah. So far, a day at a time. But I remember grabbing onto that. Deep. So in that place, I learned who I was. I learned allergy. Yep. I learned, you know, if it wasn't an allergy, why would insurance companies pay? And now I'm seeing it wasn't my fault. And then they said, and for you, you should chase AA like you ch- chase the weed man. You know how you hunt them down. You got their number. You're calling nonstop and looking for the guy and wait, waiting and chasing them around. Chase AA like you chase the men. And I have... And I've done well,
0: but you did. So you 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 got out of there, and I'm suspecting 30 days. Was it 28, 28 days?
1: days? Yeah, I got. Yeah, but right around Fourth of July.
0: You around Fourth of July, you left, and you left with some important data there. Mm. But you were missing stuff.
1: I still hadn't done the housekeeping. So for me, again, I was still spiritually.
0: When they introduced the housekeeping to you at the program, I'm assuming they did at Seminole Point did it just go over your head
1: the most thing that I can only tell you what stood out was the who's Jan that's the only sort of writing I did I did go into my first meeting with my counselor so I got there on a Thursday and it's Monday I'm gonna meet her and over the weekend I bought a fourth step thing because I was ready to take care of business and she said here and she like give me this she goes Yeah, not even at step one yet. You know, like, so I was ready, you know, four days in to start inventory, and she's like, slow down, girlfriend. So I don't recall steps or boulders or any of that. Um, Yeah. So I got sober, and I got chasing AA, and I joined AA, and I went to Lynn. I went to Lynn. South Peabody, Marblehead Women's Meeting at two years sober. But there was no one really. It was all... If you just don't drink, go to meetings and ask for help, which was awesome. It was keeping me there. I'd go to step meetings. I went to big book on Fridays, not step study, but just big book meetings and step meetings on Tuesday night on Linfield Street. No matter what, I was going to them, but there's there's nothing up in here. There's no... um. Again, I'm I'm a girl without a God connection. We'd talk of God, grace of God, but for the grace of God. But I still didn't have a God connection. And that's what changed my whole sobriety around. I really do believe. Because once that thing after that fifth step, there was a forgiveness that came. Now I'm all in. Now I'd listen to AM radio God. Now I'm open to Father Tom Lorenzo. Now I'm reading Henry Now. And I'm reading Can You Drink from the Cup? So I went from spiritually dead to spiritually thirsty, real thirsty.
0: And that that's where you want to be. I mean, that's where I want to be. That's where
1: I get filled.
0: How do you, how does a, how, what can you say to a person out there who's maybe listening and is in that position who is physically sober, knows what they have and they don't want to drink, but there's, there's no God in their life, I guess. I would say, you know, if you could do it again, how would you close that nine-year gap? Like, what what would you do differently?
1: The only thing I could say with my experience was, is you find someone who, not your pal. You want someone who's serious as a heart attack, but knows what they're doing, but not a control freak. So I had this guy who didn't laugh at my jokes, and... He taught me to invite God into my writing. And my writing was put in a way. It wasn't check marks. My My inventory wasn't like a checklist. It was I had to write. I had to learn how to tap into my gut. What is that feeling in the gut? So I would say invite God into your handwriting and answer those questions as honest as you've ever, ever been. And that's what my thing was. I was like... I'm gonna be honest as I've ever, ever been.
0: You're talking about the questions like in a in, in a invent- work group, like in, in inventory. You yeah. would say in if your inventory going- when
1: you're pissed. You know what is that fear in your belly when they're when they're doing this, this, and this? What's going on with you? And but, then,
0: I'd- yep, I hear what you're saying, but a person, um,
1: you'll find God when you do the writing.
0: Well, yeah. So, but that so it's you have to get there. Like you have to get to the writing. I guess what I'm trying to say is. For some people, getting to the writing without God is so tough because yeah, you're, you're trying to do steps without God. You what?
1: You have to have a big book sponsor. You
0: gotta have. A, you have to. You have to have. You can't do it like alone on a sh- no like being alone like a buoy in an ocean, right? Trying to with no engine and trying to get to shore.
1: Here's my inventory. It says in one of the pages, a self. Um, what does it say? Um, A self-whatever inventory is insufficient. Because here's my self. There's a word for it, and I forget the second part. A self-something inventory is is insufficient. Here's my inventory. I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. You know, like, there's my inventory. Is I'd tell you all what was wrong with me. Um,
0: I'm going to pull it up. A
1: solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. There you go. That's the word. Okay? That's what I was doing. A solitary self-appraisal was insufficient.
0: It's not enough.
1: Because I'm going to just tell you what a jerk I am. Or I could throw in some ego and tell you where I'm fabulous, but I didn't have and even knowing what my strong suit was. So for me, you know, I need someone. It's like a guide. You can't walk into a cave. The inside me I've never been to. You can't walk into a cave without a guide. You need a light. And someone who has been down the way and knows the way and is going to catch you. So again, when I'm working with Dawn, and a lot of times, you know, oh, you don't work with the opposite sex. There was, I'm not there looking for a boyfriend. I was very happily married, and he was married. There was no, there's no, none of that. If you're young people working together and your hormones are going to be going, don't. But I'm at, I'm forty 45 when this happened, and I mean, he was something. There
0: needs to be a level of maturity there.
1: Yes, and respect. Um. In fact, my husband met him before with me. It was like Tuesdays with Maurice, and I'd be saying, all right, run along, i you know, they're going to talk football. And I'm oh, like, right. I'm like, come on, I want to do my work. Ah. So um, I needed someone to show me the way who had been there. And again, what I liked is it wasn't check marks. Like I'm just checking off score sheets. I had to learn about self-seeking. I always thought self-seeking was raising my hand. You know, oh, see, I'm over here. Let me answer. Self-seeking was really how I lie and manipulate that fear in my belly. My self-seeking. Is pretending? Oh, that's okay. Ha, ha, ha. No, all right. Or doing something to get you to have a parade in my held in my honor.
0: <laughs> you know, that's a good way to. Put you
1: know it. what I mean? Yeah, we'll do kind acts, but make sure you tell them Jan did it. You know, give an elaborate thing, and it had say to me, "Your feeble yet valiant attempts at humility was painful to watch." <laughs> I'd be like how dare you how dare you yeah
2: he had my number
1: yeah because again he says you can't just give a gift when no one's watching see he's teaching me you need a good teacher we all want to do show he says why don't you do that nice thing but when no one's watching because it's like watch me don't watch me i'll i'll draw attention on me don't you put it on me but um so things like that, um, so many lessons. So I say for anyone who wants to get to the core of themselves, and in that going down to the core was where I found God, It's in. Um, I think it's in um, there was a solution. It says they found the great reality deep within themselves. It is only there, and I believe that now because I experienced it. It is only there that he may be found mm-hmm. because in these papers of all this mess of my life, all these old beliefs and messages, all the drunky and then the queen, love me, you know, see me, you know, all that bullshit. So once I saw it, now there's some humility that now I can feel like God was the answer in those prayers. He heard me at the GE second 40. Yeah. He was in the bedroom or the room when I was staring at a candle. God had been there all along.
0: Yeah, you didn't you didn't expect that that was the route that you were going to have to take to get there.
1: And I didn't expect that day of the fifth step I was going to find God. And he said to me, have something that represents God to you. And I had this picture.
0: While you were working on trying to find a God that you understood. He, sa- right. he, he was saying this to you. Well, because- in my
1: fifth step, he said, bring with you Something that represents God to you. And it's usually in a funeral parlor. You'll see it. It looks like the little Jesus guy hugging the guy from behind. Yeah. That picture represented God to me. Okay. And, and he'd say, what does that mean to you? And I goes, it means he's saying, finally, you got to AA. But when I was done with my writing, and I mean, my fifth step and feeling like a five-year-old, know what that meant to me? I love you. It was, I've heard you, I love you, I've been with you, and you can start again. Mm. So that picture that meant finally you got sober, that meaning of it went out the window.
2: Mm.
1: That it was really, I've heard you. You know what I mean? Because I could not do any of this on my own. Even passing it on is not me. I always share, I always say, I'm sharing my experience and I'm sharing what I learned from my teacher. And, and, and the book has, they don't have to change that book. It has it right there. Yeah. But you a need a good blueprint.
0: guide. It's a Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It's a blueprint. You need a good guide. I know. And people's intention is to get sober, but alone is a tough, tough road.
1: You could be sitting in an AA meeting and be absent for years at a time.
0: You are proof of it.
1: Totally, your head's in Chicago, or you're thinking about him, or we got to redo the kitchen, or you know, your head. Just because I'm in a meeting doesn't mean I'm there.
0: A step, a good way to get there, and there's, there's, there's just a lot to it because it is literally changing the way you think, to change your behaviors. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're changing your life. Yeah. Um, to be around people who are trying to do the same thing. You know the mm-hmm. fellowship I've shared the fellowship right now for me and my journey is a number one this yes yes talking to every, you know I'm grateful that I get to talk to people every day on the phone um you know three years ago, I was doing great I had a couple of years sobri- sobriety I wasn't talking to people, and I was miserable and I didn't know like yeah. I, and I heard be around people talk to people, and it just slipped my mind so that's a behavior that i I needed to change to cha- I need that was like a uh, it was like a habit I needed to change to change the way I mm. thought in order to change my behavior
1: the fellowship is awesome oh. but the program I need a one on one person with mm. so fellowship and and being, you know, like our beginner meeting, you're hearing it, and they're getting something, and then you want to share it, and all that. See, so in AA meetings, I was not getting what I really needed was some internal work. Right. So I'm not saying it's all or nothing. It's go to your meetings, but you got to get inside here.
0: There's a, there's a lot. Yeah. There's. It's other like things God to was it. down there, yeah?
1: suffocated by all my old messages, Finnegan's messages. The shame. Yeah. You know, everything was packed down like a keg of dynamite. And I was about to blow because when you're nine years sober, but really grateful for your sobriety. I was so grateful. I've never not been grateful for my sobriety, but I want to be put in a coma because I can't shut my head off. That's not quality sobriety.
0: No. No.
1: They talk about the spiritual malady. That's what the missing link was. I was spiritually dead because my... God, my only concept of God was not even, you know, we all hear God inside of you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have that concept. I had God was like on the other side of the sky, so not personal or whatever. God was out there. I knew God removed my obsession because I did not ask anyone else. Just like Masha said, ask God. And all of a sudden... All of a sudden, you know, like I go to Seminole Point May 2nd and all I know is after whenever I got out of there, I wasn't thinking of the Golden Circle or the Four Winds or how to get it. So that was like a miracle took place. So I was afraid to go and then I'm afraid to go home. Like what happened to me? Yeah. So it's just weird how it takes. um,
0: That happened with me too. Somehow I didn't plan on stopping drinking on July 14th, 2012.
1: But all of a sudden a day comes when you say I haven't been thinking of it. Look yeah. at I'm not looking at the packies open I'm not looking at that sign or
0: yeah there's something more powerful going on there what do you think about temporary sponsors
1: do I have a temporary disease I heard that years ago that's when do I hear you, that I just,
0: do you know the old timer who's comes around here, this area Steve D
1: Steve from Andover
0: he's from he's from uh he's from Fitchburg but he lives in the area now no okay he no, so that, but it, he does he say it?
1: Yeah, because I was a girl from Gloucester or something. I just heard her say years ago, but that is the truth. But again, I had temporary sponsors because if you think of it, Masha helped me get sober and get into the fellowship. Masha would listen to me. Um, you know, she was there. Then I had my answer man, which was my big book, Step Study Sponsor. He died a few weeks after 9-11. He had esophageal cancer. And then I had Jeannie. I call her my... Um, you know, like home economics sponsor. She was very lovely, put on classical music, and we would just chit-chat nicely and under classical music, and she'd talk about praying for her grandchildren and that type of thing. And then I have Mary, who I have now. I got Mary in 2004. I had had breast cancer. Um, Remember, my big book work was in 97, so now I moved out Peabody Way, and I got different meetings, and g d my home economic sponsor got a new heart transplant her, her husband, her brother, one of her sons died from it. They had a gene in their family, which was bad hearts. and then with that, they had like a a spinal um muscular dystrophy that gene too, so I needed a sponsor that could go to meetings. so I found Mary now here's a good one about sponsors, so even though I got all my direction about from dawn um, turnarounds and whatever. When I met Mary again, what do I want in a sponsor? I want someone sane, who's going to tell me the truth. I don't need a pal. I don't want to go bowling with you as much as I need you to tell me the truth. Um, and I've had sponsors that think I'm like their, you know, pal. Yes, I am your friend. I'm going to encourage you, but I'm introducing you to others. I don't want you to be dependent on me. I'm going to give you the directions I'm here for you, but no, we're not having sleepovers every week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not taking you to lunch every Tuesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have a phone connection or a time connection. I do that, but I'm not gonna solve your marriage troubles or tell you what to do. I'm I'm gonna do what I was shown. My sponsor, no matter what was going on with me, i had asked me anything in my life for that week, you know, how was it going? He would take me to either a page in the big book or a step. I'd be talking and he'd no right where to go, and I do it now. That's what. So the people are like, "Wow, you know what I mean?" And I go, "I can't help it. I have like a reference mind. Like now, I know when it's when they're talking about any different thing. If you brought something up, I'd know where to bring you. Yeah. Uh, and whether it would even be a Bible page sometimes, or it will be a big book page, or it will be a step. Maybe you need to pray about it. Why don't let's do a turnaround. You know, let's look at you, you know, when I'm doing, I did a great step eight with a guy last night. And, and again, he had all of us, right? And I says, okay, now we're going to prepare for step eight. I says, so what we first do is look at what you are mad at them for, you know? So, you know, stole from me, lied to me, cheated, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I go, so be, we begin step eight with take a highlighter. And highlight, have you ever lied from anyone, stole from anyone, or cheated anyone? So that here's what he did. Are you guilty of the same thing in any shape or form? So that levels the uh, pride and ego. Because you can't be saying, you know, you, whatever. He asked, you can be able to say, I used to resent stuff, but I found out I've done it myself. You know what I mean? And then we go to his self-seeking behavior judging, blah, 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 avoiding. Now you can make amends for, I was avoiding. You know, I lashed out. I was bad-mouthing you. Now you can own that.
0: Yep. Yeah, I like it. What about, what about, we had this conversation the other night with some of the guys. We were talking about anonymity and when is too much and when is not enough. Do you have any opinions on anonymity?
1: Uh, My anonymity. Yeah. So, how I've used my so my anonymity
0: because technically
1: right now I mean is my choice. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and but I'm going to protect you. I'm not going to say, "Oh, AJ, blah blah." I just found out your name yesterday. <laughs> your last name. <laughs> Who's this person? Um,
0: but but right now I'm breaking anonymity because I'm saying I'm AJ. I'm from Danvers. People know who it is.
1: Yeah, you know no, I, mean? I don't care.
0: But so, so if I was I'm a, maybe if y'all. I
1: was a, um, you know, brain surgeon, I didn't want anyone to know.
0: But what's, so what, okay.
1: My take is I'm not that important, but I'm not going to go on Channel 5 and be a spokesman for AA. I don't want any, like even today, I was saying no full frontals, nothing, no one's going to see me. So I'm just a drunk talking, right? But um, my anonymity, this is important. I was going to be a kindergarten school bus driver in Lynn. It's in 1997 after my big book. So even though I was sober a while, I feel, because I was a nutbag, I felt like it was important to give the families that I was going to have. I had 45 kids. I wrote the kids, uh, the family, a little letter, a little small letter. I've been in a 12-step program X amount of years. What was it? 11 years or whatever it was then. I got sober in 88, and it's 97. When is Nine years. Nine. So I'm... Writing them a letter saying I've been in a 12-step program and that um, they can, you know, be assured that I will be on time. I will show up. <laughs> I will not forget their kids. You know, that type of thing. So anyway, um, I did that for me because my maiden name, or if anyone knew me, it would have been, that lush has your kid? Ew, get your kid off the bus. So I, I felt that I could do that because that was my choice to break my anonymity. I didn't say I go to AA and when, where, and how. I just said I'm in a 12-step program because, that. and I did that when I found the long-lost son. As I said, I'm in a 12-step program because I feel like my bad reputation as an alcoholic, you know, word on the street, she's gone, she's crazy. So I just wanted these parents to know that the bus driver would be available and present.
0: That makes sense that was
1: my me. choice with my anonymity.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I've done I've done that before. When I did some amends, the first thing for me I did was I sort of said, "Hey, here's the deal. I, this is what I have. Uh, I'm doing some work on myself. Um, I gotta tell you something. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? What about um? And you know, drugs are part of my story. Drugs are part of your story. in, in an AA. I mean, we're, yeah, I mean, I like to be respectful of, you know, Bill and, and, and Bob, you know. Um, I don't get pissed, though, when the kid next to me starts talking about how he did coke when he's telling his story. That's fine with me.
1: As long as it stays respectful. I, I do take offense. I will say this. When people will say, um, I'm clean. No, I'm sober. You're an AA. You respect sobriety. You can use the other stuff like I do, but I say I'm sober. My drugs were more when I was in my 20s, but weed. Weed was up until then, so it was weed and booze at the last years of my drinking.
0: Do you think you are an addict and an alcoholic, or are you just alcoholic?
1: I'm an addict tendencies and an alcoholic because I didn't go look. Even when I did cocaine, it was usually given at a party. I didn't go shop for it, look for it find a guy with it but booze was always my my thing and weed
0: that's interesting they told me my weed
1: was a psychological addiction not a physical and seminal point because i said i don't know how how i'm ever gonna do this without weed and they said because you're psychologically addicted that's not a real they weren't calling the weed that i wanted to consume um an addiction they were saying it was a psychological thing within me
0: it's like self-medicate. It was like medication, yeah. like med- And you know what? It's so
1: funny because something has happened to me that even though they legalize weed, do you know that it doesn't even make me think about or oh, should I and can I? I still do not want to change how I think and feel, no Same. matter how wacky it is. It's real and it's me, and that's what all I want to be was real.
0: This is awesome. One one more thing I had written down here. Um, so, what would you say to somebody who asked for your opinion who was going to go into, say, and have a surgery? And this has come up over a couple different podcasts. Mm. If you were going to, if somebody who you cared about and, 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 um, they went to you for your advice they were going to have surgery they were going to it was a surgery where they were going to need some Mm -hmm. pain medication to follow and they're in the program how would how do you handle how do you handle that what do you advise people to do
1: i handle my experience with um breast cancer in 2004 um of course, they put you out, whatever that is, profile like that, right? You don't knock me out of that. I think no. I'm
0: Michael Jackson right away.
1: Right, but I mean, so then when I wake up...
0: They put you to sleep.
1: I don't know what they do, so you wake up, but when you're going home, they were going to give me something. I feel like it was called hydrocodone. Like, I don't know what's what. I just know the name, and I took it for the... I had this um, surgery, so my... I felt like lead boob, right? It was so heavy, like lead. So I took my medicine this one time. My husband will verify this. I took it, and I got such an awful stomach ache up here that it was like this took over the lead boob. It was like I was sick to my stomach. It, yeah. it That was it. And I went, you know what? I'll take Tylenol or something. Throw that out. I don't want that. Then I had different, um, I had a... Um, a hot thing. I've had, a, oh, I had a um, a drain for my gallbladder, a gallbladder drain. The bile was coming on me. So in 2015, I, I had like five different procedures and I never left any of them with a prescription. I said, I'll call you if I need you something, but I'm going to just deal with a little uncomfortability and Tylenol, but I'm not a pill taker. I have heart medicines. I have to be reminded to take. My ma- my ma- my mind does not think pills. And that's just my experience. But I would say you don't have to take the prescription home with you. Or if it's something like my husband had knee surgery or something like that where you do, he had hips and knees, he had to take something, but he has me right there. Because, again, my sponsor Mary says... Drugs make sick people well, and if you're well and take drugs, it makes you sick.
0: Mm, I like that.
1: Makes well people sick and sick people well. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's all I got. Is I just don't have them on hand. I don't like them. And if I was in really bad pain that I needed something, then I'd go ask. But again, that that whatever I had from that breast surgery cured me. That whatever pain I I'll go through yeah. Tylenol. Yeah, the
0: reason why I asked that um, about the drug is because, um, yeah, it's something we think about if we're new and you want to get sober and you're sitting here and you don't know. Like, I I came in, Mm -hmm. I didn't know. I remember I had an issue. Like, I so, and I've learned from, um, I've learned that I'm predisposed to certain things. You're predisposed to certain things. That's where I'm made up so i have some back issues i do my best to treat them i strengthen i do i do all the good things sometimes i have to take some prescribed by a doctor and i early on i had something go on and i'm trying to stay sober and i called gary and i'm like what the like i'm pulling my hair out what like gary what do you think what do i got to do here like i'm freaking out my brain's going a million miles an hour cuz i didn't know if i should be taking it or not he goes and what i loved about it was he didn't Give me the answer because he didn't know it. He goes, let me call you right back. And he called you. <laughs> <laughs> and he called you and, you. and he called me back. He goes, you're good. As prescribed, man. Yeah. Doing pain. Take, it. You don't take it. You know what you're doing. Like, and that's the other thing, too. That's a good reason to have a sponsor because he knew where I was at. He knew where I was at. You don't have a sponsor. You can't run that by somebody. You could get yourself into some right. trouble.
1: I have a sponsor. I talk to her every Sunday at 7 o'clock. So well, we, that's
0: another good point. So you make it a you have a date set. Yeah, a I want to tell you date. about my
1: awesome sponsor now, Mary. So again, Don gave me my directions, and he was awesome. Is this the lie you tell yourself, or the lie you want me to believe? He was awesome with splaying me, but so Mary says. So what do you expect in a sponsor? And I'll tell you what I expect. So she said, I expect that we're not going to do telephone tag, Mister Call. We're going to have a set time that we both agree on that we will meet. So ours has worked great for 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock Sunday night. So I have an hour if I need. And we both share back and forth about life in the week ahead. And I will share with her things that are going on. But her first thing, she says, I require, you know, a, t- a set time. I require that you do big book work. And then when she found out my big book and my meetings, I'm covered. Have at least one woman's group and or step meeting and at least one retreat a year. So because of my back, 2006 was really my last retreat because it is a form of torture for me now. You know, the disc landed and whatever, but I'm better. But to sit all day at a long retreat... It's a form of torture, unless they're going to put me in a recliner or, you know, I'd have to throw myself on the floor of the beds. So I've been, she's uh, letting me off of that. And we teach each other. So she led me to, even when I've learned my Hindu, my um, Bhagavad Gita, was I got a book from a woman. So when we were doing this, what she expected from me and spiritual readings and whatever. And I said, oh, I says, I'm really big on that. I don't believe it can just be, you know, big book and a step book mentality. I know I got to grow and to understand God. I got to know more and more about God. And that has flowered into she actually when I have a group, I have a Wednesday night group at my house. Right. And um, there's eight of us. We have read these spiritual books. So we started out, you know, and again, I started out with a few people I've done big book with. And then I say, well, if you want to do some step 11 reading. To me, it's a step 11 read because we don't sit lotus and I don't light a candle. But it's learning from people who are close to God, people who have experienced. I want experiential, right? So um, we started out with um, the letters of St. Ignatia. It was a three-book series. There was a few of us then on Wednesday nights. Then at one point, I had there was four of us, and we would read from the week's gospel ahead of time, next week's gospel, and then we would break off, go into other rooms, and then sit for 15 minutes. What was God saying to us, and what is our response back? And then we would come back and share. So I call that faith sharing. So I had one of them. Then it has morphed into Richard Rohr, Henry Nowen in The Return of the Prodigal Son, mm. Dropped the Rock. There's so much. Um, breathing Underwater, uh, Richard Rohr, so that our Wednesday night group, one of my guys the other night, he said, he goes, I think this Wednesday night group's the best. So it is, again, all of your steps. You can do your writing, and then you need six and seven. To me, six and seven is take out the trash. Mm. So if um, Friday's your, your trash day, You bring out those barrels, and you kind of trust that when you come back at five, your barrels are in. So if I'm giving God my trash, please, God, help me. Step six, please, I don't want to be queen today. I'm done controlling. I don't want to live in that fear. I don't want to judge. Whatever it is, I'm taking out that trash, right? I have to trust that it's going to be taken. So I humbly ask, please, I can't help myself. So six and seven is take out the trash. That's a daily thing. Mm. Nothing, I don't think any of my steps are an event. Every day I'm at a meeting, you can see me. When they're reading like preamble, I'm doing the checklist. Yep, I'm an alcoholic. I always need to be restored to sanity. I made a decision this morning. I read my six books. You know what I mean? I go through the line. Yep. Have I talked honestly with another alcoholic? Right now, talking to you, I'm doing a fourth and a fifth. And then six, what do I want removed? Take it out. Ask God to take it. Eight, who do I owe an apology to? Nine, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to say my part. I really go against the I'm sorry for my part. I'm sorry that my ego made me step over you in my quest for greatness. I'm going to name what it is to take that shame out of it because if I don't shame it and I give you a vague apology, it's not really a good apology. But when I look you in the eye and say, you know, I stole your wallet or, you know, whatever it is, I'm naming it. A direct amends to me is you name what you did. You got the balls to take it, have the balls to name it when you're making the amends, you know? Yeah. I find. And then 10, continue. Keep doing it. Keep looking for the, the wor- watch words. in my step four was fear, dishonesty, selfishness, right? Self-seeking. It's fear, self-seeking. Where am I dishonest? And my dishonesty questions were, What's the lie I tell myself and what's the lie I tell others? What am I not admitting? So I never could consciously admit I was afraid. I was jealous. No one wants to admit they're jealous. Nobody wants to admit I didn't like them anyway. I needed to blame them. So again, so part of that step nine work is in, you know, admitting, you know, I wasn't so happy about that anyway. So admitting stuff. And then 10, keep it up. Just keep doing it. Just As soon as my my belly gets hit, as soon as you misbehave, say something, do something that I don't like, and the belly goes, I can automatically now. What is it, Jan? Control? What is it? You're not getting your way? What do you not feel? Love, preciousness? <laughs> People's opinions? Like I can go to that right away. So I don't have to write a 10th step every night, really. Because i got a belly that tells me as soon as it get hits.
0: Because you practiced it.
1: Yes, that I live it. So when I went to AWOL with my sponsor that I have now, Mary, and I said to her, I goes, I'm going to do AWOL because I haven't done it in all these years. I figured, you know, let's re-up and see what it's all about again. And, and I says, Mary, all I do is turnarounds. And she goes, that's all you should be doing is the turnarounds of looking for your fear, looking for that behavior, the sick thinking, that secret no one knows what I'm thinking, part of you. And then, what did the queen want? I wanted AJ to whatever, so I would feel good. I wanted AJ to throw a party, so I would feel good. You know that kind of over and over stuff. But um, any
0: other questions? <laughs> well, so I mean, the step work is just priceless. Well, actually, so yeah. Yeah, vital.
1: So, you know, when they say vital, it's necessary. That, it's such
0: a it's a um when I first came in. When I heard that word step work I was intimidated by it. So what what could you say to somebody who's new to kind of soften that? I I guess what I'm asking you is instead of step work, mm. can you give it a nice flowery basic pretty word?
1: Hot surgery. <laughs> Laser hot surgery in a good way. Laser. So for me, I'm, I grew up in like the Lynn AA, and I'm not picking on Lynn, I'm just saying where I was was there was a mentality of I beat myself up long enough and I don't have to do inventory, and it's all about beating myself up and I don't have to do inventory and all that. Well, I was beating myself up by not doing inventory, I found that was my experience that I needed to see those things that I had to see. I had to see pages and pages of of the queen. Again, I needed someone to show me it because even then I wouldn't have understood it the way I understood it. Here's all that junk in my belly. Here's what I'm doing when I got that in my belly. So pretending and laughing off and avoiding, you know, looking at you. How are you when inside my belly's all scrambled eggs because you don't like me? And yeah. they would say, they would say, it's beaten up. It's actually the keys to freedom for me. It, it gave me some freedom because it was helping me see. That's why he'd say, Jan, you gave away one baby one time, but you replayed, resent, you know, resentment. I replayed and replayed my poor baby thing so that he goes, you gave away the baby 5,000 times. Like that made sense to me. So... They were tickets. The steps are really your tickets to freedom, yep. and the work is the journey to the heart. He made no mistake when he wrote one of his books. Is the journey to the heart? Or the mess? The Bill Wilson got one. The message to the heart. The journey of the heart is another book, but it's heart surgery because if I don't get to the heart of me and then find God, I'm just gonna keep doing what I've been doing. I'm gonna believe the old lies. I'm gonna still think God's punishing and really it was God hearing me my prayers were heard mm. and I thought I was like a speck of sand and nothing heard me and I was I was out in the God department like you're fired you know what I mean like and it was like I have a personal loving God of the forgiver my Easter forgiver God yeah but you know like that's good for me mm. so for me I recommend step work because doing it, it says on the page 59, without help, it is too much for us. Me sitting in an AA meeting with my crazy little head, beating myself up for crap 30 years before. It was too much for me.
0: Hmm. And while it's a good place to be in that AA meeting, there's more to that journey.
1: Right, because that's where I meet fellow alcoholics, and I do. I get to laugh and cry with you and kind of let you know who I am, but I think there's a tendency in the fellowship that it gets so palish, and no one wants to talk about God and offend a new one. Well, guess what? Our steps, are half of them are about God. The only steps that aren't talking about God is in my inventory. I'm separated from God. When I'm not making amends, I'm separated from God. The other steps, it took an act of God for me to admit I'm powerless, right? So God is involved in all my step work. But in AA, some flavors of AA, nobody wants to talk about God. Let's not offend the newcomer. So here comes someone ready to blow their brains out. Oh, newcomer's the most important person in the room. And then he spills his guts how he feels, and we say, keep coming. Is that really the solution he needed? Come back next week if you don't blow your brains out. Yeah, yeah. They walked away with a solution. It's in um, the Vision for You they would talk about. When it, when they had those group houses then, it says most men that came here walked away with an answer. I needed an answer. You know it isn't. They said the subject presented in this book. He says, what do you think the subject is? I go, alcoholism. He goes, no, the subject presented is the spiritual solution? They wanted to name it a way out because they're telling you that there's a way out about it. It isn't that you're stuck, you know. So, I just think of that. It's the meetings are needed, but it's fellowship mm-hmm. and brother and sisterhood and, and identification. Yeah. But you need, um, my sponsor Mary says she goes, God uses you and this. This is your, you know. We all get gifts. Some people are good at driving some people are great with a brand new newcomer you know i can't pay my bills my husband left i got three kids you know the mess the real triage yeah Uh, my work is more rehab
2: i like that you know
1: what i mean when everyone's a mess i want the people that have been sober a few months or at least ready to be able to listen and come and listen and learn a different way not in a group of people He said to me with my big book work, he says, when you do this work, it's between you and God. I'm just going to point, right? If you did it with another person in the room, you might withhold something that, oh, well, I don't want them to know this part. There's going to be a withholding. Or you might cry and someone will go, oh, no, and then hand you a tissue and it breaks the flow. So when I'm working with people, it's very one-on-one, And I just leave. I always say, tissues will be here, and I'm never going to. If anything, I'm going to tell you to feel whatever you're feeling. So that when I was going through it, you know, the stuff with, like, my mother and not being. You know, she told me she tried to abort me. So that when we're discussing that, you know, that pain of I'm really not supposed to be here. She told me how she tried to abort me. So there was that pain. But he'd say, feel that. He, He wanted me to. No more laughing it off, no more shoving it, feel it, and that's the that's what I can give the people you know, so that's why I feel like my my twelve step work is more rehab than triage 'cause there's people run to the newcomer and give me your number and and just read four forty nine and I'd say four forty nine except uh, uh you know it's now four seventeen. But accept, accept. And he goes, do you think he just got to acceptance like that, that it was a neat package? He's saying he had to go through 11 other steps to get to acceptance because you're going to have to have negotiation. You're going to fight. You know what I mean? Acceptance is not the neat package. Everyone thinks, oh, all right, turn off the tears and turn on. Try to find acceptance. But if you do some work within you, your acceptance is that gift it's mm. another gift of purging
0: mm. there's a this yeah there's a lot that's really interesting, especially um well i I didn't realize that um there was such a thing where so am I understanding you correctly, you take um I don't want to say a, a step work specialist.
1: No. <laughs> I no. Don't, I
0: don't I don't want to say that.
1: It's a gift.
0: It's a gift that you understand that you don't mind um people who are trying to do the step work. You don't mind if they're funneled your way.
1: I like I call that so what he so he told me if you're offering your life to God And you're praying, and you we work for God now. That was my third step commitment, is that I work for God. So one of my, I had three things I had to ask for in my third step. I forget one of them. I know the second one was I want to get over my head with that kid. That kid was killing me. And that I wanted to be of real help to people, serious help, not the clown around in AA. I remember we were doing stuff, and he says, He's going to use that mouth of yours. He's going to use that mouth of yours, he'd say. So I don't go rushing to the newcomer. I'm the girl for you. Hey, I'm going to help you. Get your big book out. You know, I let God run the show. Yeah, And how perfectly he's done this was... In Lynn, when I was going through it, people would be seeing a change in me, and what are you doing, and will you show me? And I'd be like, no, go to him. So anyone that's seeing a change in me or coming to me, I'm like, go to God. You know, he's like the man behind the curtain and yeah. us, right? And he's just another drunk, but he just had a great way of nailing me so that I got the truth. So he says to me, you're turning your life over to God, and he's sending you people. And you're saying no. You're sending them to me. He says, you made a decision or did you not? Hmm. That whoever he puts in your path, you will accept. So people would call. Some people, I'll get calls, I don't even know them. You know, I, you know so-and-so from Marblehead, so-and-so said they did it with you. Strangers come to my house, so it isn't like I'm something. It's, I'm really a nutbag, and I can just show how I got out from under. But um, I can get these phone calls or, you know, like so-and-so. It's like a referral that yes. way. And only because I'm retired. My husband worked. He worked at GE, you know, second shift. He worked 3 in the afternoon to 3 in the morning. So I was in a position. So I won't say qualified. I'll just say I was positioned because of my back that I can give more time to the work. It's in one of the – I think it's in uh, Solution. There are people so, situa- so situated. They can give nearly all their time to the work. So sitting here, whether I'm sitting here with you or sitting with someone doing the big book right in my den, isn't that a little bit more humbling than if I go charging stuff at Macy's today? (laughs) Or if I'm, you know what I mean? Going making a clown of myself at AA to be funny. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. But but also it's rewarding for you at the same time. Like you've found that sort of little sweet spot that God is the sweet you. spot
1: so so here's a sweet spot when grown men cry mm-hmm. from their heart because they're feeling exactly how I did it's like you get that mirror of when oh my god I didn't have have to be that sick for so long spiritually and mentally because I physically hadn't drank the oh the aha moments all the excitement you know um So And half of them will say, what did you just say? And I'll go, I don't know, like the Holy Spirit said. Totally. (laughs) I don't know, but it was good, and if it fits you, party on, you know, like that type of thing. But um, I just now, I don't go chasing people. And I don't mean that I ignore them. Is I just go with whoever's put in my path. I like it like that so that I know that it wasn't my will. And I remind them of that. I say, when you're here with me, this is really going on between you and God. I'm just a pointer, just like I was given a pointer. But I'm not going to leave one word or phrase undone that you're not going to understand this. But it's not head knowledge. Here's the heart surgery. It's going to land, and it's going to live down here. So it can't be tickle your ears, wasn't that cute, oh, I like that. You know, oh, I like that. Well, forget liking it. Can you live it? Mm. Liking it tickling your ears is not enough,
0: yeah. And so, when do you? But the sweet spot, also, too, I was gonna say is I feel like, um, isn't it nice to be in a spot where because I'm I'm sure you have to say no sometimes and to be able to say no and feel and when you know, when you know.
1: So, there have been people, different ones will come, and I'll just. This, it's just funny, whether it's um oh the, uh, the excuses will start. Uh, some people will be all head on because they want to be in this big book. You know, so so I say you know this isn't this isn't like you can't come here because Peggy Sue's doing it and you want to fit in that crowd. You got to become come here like I did because my scorecard read zero sober. When you want to be injected in a coma sober and you can't play the game anymore come here but not to fit in or so you can go to another meeting and say I did the steps I go and don't even say did it's a way of life it is not a past tense you don't have to he'd say this to me you don't have to go around telling people you did the big book he'd be like that he'd say let your behavior they'll know by seeing and hearing you what you're doing or not doing So that it isn't this big club. Again, because people will get lost in that. Oh, I'm going to do the steps so I can say I did them. No, it isn't a did. It's not an event. It's a way of life. And I show them in the readings. I'll say, see this? Our way of life. Our way of living. AWOL, AWOL, AWOL. It's all a way of life. It's like yoga. You learn yoga postures, right? So do you do yoga? But anyway, basically, you learn mountain pose. And then you learn child pose and downward dog and whatever, right? But indiv- that's individual poses. But advanced yoga is a fluid movement. When you see the Cialis commercial, they're in f- they're in fluid mo- movement. That's what the steps out of me Cialis. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. Every day, all the time. What's up with me? No doubt. I need to be restored to sanity. Please, God, take it. I have a prayer list, so in the morning I got two a, two um Alanons, two Christian Bible-y things, and um, opening doors and and then night light whatever. Are these we talking books about I prayers? Read. Yep. Yep. And I have a list, so I have my sponsee list, and I every day I look at each name what they're going through, like, yeah, oh, this week, blah, 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 I have, like, an intention. It's usually, like, it isn't, like, my will. I just healing and love or acceptance with whatever. <clears throat> then I have a sick over in this part of the page is um, this girl. What does she got over here? She's got um, thyroid issues, and this one had liver. She's not even a drunk. She had um, liver cancer. young mother, my daughter's friend, um so I have, like, the sick and suffering issues over here. And then I have my list of big book people. So I have a sponsey list. And these are my people that I daily pray. And then I have a world prayer. Want to hear my world prayer? Yeah. I love this one. I got this from a prayer flag. You know the prayer flags for it? Um,
0: like Nepal, up years. in Mount Everest? I have yeah.
1: prayer. Ready? Can we put this out in the, uh, in the world? Absolutely. Ready? Yeah. For all the people in all the nations of the earth, may not even the words disease, famine, war, or suffering be heard, but rather their moral conduct, merit, wealth, and prosperity increase, and may supreme good fortune and well-being always arise for them. Amen. That's yeah. my world prayer. I love I it. do that every morning. Because the world needs some prayer, too.
0: Oh, yeah. So. How many spots... <laughs> Do you? Is that capped?
1: No, because it's whoever God puts in my path. Yeah, and again, it isn't like you get those many phone calls a day, right? No,
0: so that yeah, I like that. And so there's being in touch, you know, because one of these questions I had is like because I remember thinking early on, and a kid who I a friend of mine in the program he's doing great couple of years, continuous sobriety. And he's like, you know, I, I hear people talk about sponsorship and I'm like, how can I even do that? Like, I'm not ready to do it. And I'm like, it's, you
1: know, God will give you right, the time. It's always been God time,
0: but you have to be connected. That transmission line. You're not going to know when it's ready. If your transmission line, God is, is not open and on. I heard one. <laughs> I heard a thing early on and I love this. Somebody said, I think it may have been at that meeting we go to together, and they said, think of it like KISS 108. If you're you're sitting and your radio is off, KISS 108 is still above you. But you're not going to know it until you turn your radio on and then KISS 108 comes in loud and clear. That's Mm. like God. God is around us. God's not going anywhere, but we have to tune in. Mm.
1: Here's the truth. I always say, or giving out a medallion for someone, I always say, they showed up. I don't take any credit. Remember, I'm just I'm just pointer. They showed up. They made a decision. They followed the directions. They made the amends. They got the look, the good, hard look. They turned God. I might put their hands in God's hands if I can. But again, I had nothing to do with it. So they did the work by showing up. I said, every week you come, you're laying a foundation. When you knock, walk, cross over this threshold, you are laying your foundation. So you're doing it. And when you take direction and you turn your life over, then you do your writing, you're doing what you're asked, they're doing the work. So I don't take credit for it because then that's the ego thing again. And sure. that's the most dangerous thing for the alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Bob, who Bill sponsor, you know, got him, Bob had more spirituality because I'm Bill, the ego. Oh, yeah, prize. Yeah, I'm it. No, I'm not. I'm used. I asked to be used. My St. Francis prayer says, I want to be the channel. You can be a channel or you can be an instrument. Okay? I liked, I want to be a a channel because when he explained a channel, that if you're in the Gulf of Mexico and you want to be used as a channel, right? So you want to get your boat, the water, The level has to come down. Let's think of that as ego deflation. So I got to write and see all my stuff. Ego deflation. The water comes down. Now you can put your boat in, right? So now I can invite God in because I got all that other crap out of there. And now Holy Spirit and the water will raise me up. and Then I can get transported over to to Pacific Ocean, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's my mental image of it. Visual, yeah. So again, I'm just... I'm a pointer, and I think it's very non glamorous. Um, I do have a way with words and a sense of humor, and I don't do it perfect. I don't think I'm a priest. I don't think I'm a minister. I've heard some many fifth steps. You know what I do with the fifth step at the end? So, at the end of a fifth step, some of them are very, very. That's another one. People have been very harmed and caught. Um, there's a lot of sick. With alcohol and drugs, when you grow up with it, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of crazy, crazy. So when I have a heavy fifth step, what do you do with that, right? You're going to hear someone's fifth step. I have two things. I have this, um, it's called he is able. God is able. He is able. So when after a heavy fifth step, depending on what energy is around me, I either go full tilt Shake it off. So you got to shake off that heavy energy. So you, when you're hearing that, you know what I mean? Because someone released it. It's like energy in no the room. Doubt. Get your sage out. No, but again, so my release is either I'm either gonna jack up New York City girl disco, or I'm gonna go to God is able, depending on what energy or where I'm at to release that. I don't yeah. carry anyone's yes. stuff. And when people come, we all got troubles. I always say, I don't take you to bed with me at night. I go to bed with my husband. I don't take anyone's troubles. Whatever happens over a set down in that room stays there. So I'm not sitting at night. Oh, I wonder if she, oh, I wonder if he, uh, no.
0: Yeah, that's important.
1: Very important.
0: And you learned that. That's where
1: the Al-Anon helps is you don't take on, you don't take it on. I'm present for you. I hear you. I get it. I'll help you through it, but I'm not gonna take you on in your stuff and let you in up here. I wouldn't be effective, I can tell you that much. I'd probably be in a padded cell by now. Oh yeah. Twenty two years of this. Twenty two years. So it's a we'll do a we'll do a rate. There's about ten a week. One on ones. Yeah. Right now I think I get eight. Ten a week. Yeah, but they, they don't come and go in one day. It's a Sorry, process. Sorry, that's five
0: hundred and twenty a year.
1: Mm-hmm, whatever. Okay, <laughs> my husband knows because he sees the parade, <laughs> and he and that's another one. He respects it because he knows people are getting help, and that he knows he he met the guy. The guy helped me so much because my husband didn't even know the shape I was in. He's sober. He did not know the private war that was going on within me before I did the step work. We got married at six years sober. We were both sober. And then at nine years, you know, dancing at my wedding, my first dance, I'm crying for that kid, that kid that wasn't there. I was always crying for the absent one. And my husband doesn't know. I'm not going to tell him. That would be ungrateful. It's our wedding day, but I could never shake it. So then when I'm really sick, and really, you know, got you know, I got to talk to the kid but never met him. Now I took it as God's punishment. Yeah. He's like, I never knew. And I goes, Well, that's the actor I am. I'm an I'm AA. How are you? Fine. I'll make you laugh. Fine.
0: But your husband, you Joe, yep. Yep. So you were saying, yeah. So he you he he welcomes these people and he watches the parade go in. I mean he Yep. Is he Is he? um, He's sober. Yeah, he's He's sober. We we
1: yeah. I met. I was. um, I got sober in June. I met him in October, and we started dating by New Year's. So say New Year of eighty nine. Yeah. Um, and
0: so he understands kind of what he understands. He knows I'm full board. Like I've been
1: AA all the way ever since I met him. So that helps. It really helps. You know (laughs) what I mean? And um, he's happily married. So it's yeah. very important that it isn't like, and that, and that's another one. If you're doing 12-step work with people, is you can't ignore the ones in your home. So my first yeah. thing, you know, you do things here, is got to make sure things are okay up here before you can come down. So my deal is, so I go to a meeting for me, and then I have someone comes. Usually it's like a morning, an afternoon, and a night. Sometimes two gets fit in, depending on what's going on. But basically, so I get three a day. Now, my no one comes between 1130 and one, that's our breakfast, lunch time. him and I, you know, that's a no go zone. And then five to seven, 630 or seven, supper time. And then him and I because we just like watching TV. So after 830, then it's our time, you know, night watching TV. And then when there aren't people, we have our other time and weekends, but it it's worked out because he's still happily married. We're old now. I'm sixty seven.
0: Seven days a week.
1: Now five. I just lost. Um, I was doing some on Saturday, so. Jan. I just do what's put in front of me. That's all I do.
0: Ah, uh, this has been great. This is, I mean, it's two hours. I think.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Thank you. I mean.
1: I don't know if it helped anyone. I don't know what we're gonna we're do gonna find
0: out. Would you? And yeah, I mean, did you? Were you comfortable with this?
1: Yeah, once I got to sit like this. Yeah, because at takes first, because I'm saying, am I supposed to? You know, I had I know. that on, a, and I don't want programmed material. But nope. no, did I, I do it right?
0: Who knows? I don't know. We did it, but well, I, I, I mean. You're busy and stuff. I don't just want to say bye. I'll never see you again. You know, we'll see how we'll see how this. We had a lot going on. Mm. We had a lot going on. I'm going to listen intently and um, and see how it if goes. If it helps,
1: if it doesn't help, and yeah. say come back for something more focused. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I th- I mean, this is going to get put out, but I mean. <sighs> I just I was just saying and I'm going to wrap this up, but I think it like I have this dream right now of um alcoholism awareness for people my age and and people who are bringing up families who are cooked and they don't know about it and they're down there with the solo cups and they think it's all fun and games and they're dying inside because they don't know what they have. So, I was telling um somebody like I People, my f- friends know I'm sober and I'm at it and I'm open about it here because I like, you know, if I can ha- if I can say something to help somebody, I'm good. It's not going to hurt me with my family because they know it's not going to hurt me at work because they know I have nothing to hide. So um, but my dream is to have, I don't know, maybe a, like a, I guess you would call it a panel for for lack of a better word, me and whatever, a couple other People who are willing to talk about alcohols and the disease, what that disease is, what it looks like in a guy's house who lives in Danvers, and the help that there is out there, and the devastation that it will cause left untreated. That's my dream right now. So I'm thinking about it, about how I can present that to my community.
2: To your schools?
0: Well, there's a coalition of Danvers called Danvers Cares, and they bring basically stuff that is really good for you. Like they just had um, a meeting the other night on the vaping issue. They have a lot of stuff on like they have they have a thing on cyberbullying. It's all about stuff. How do we make our community better? That's it. It's all based around how can we make Danvers a better community? Um. So I don't know if I would bring it to the schools, but yeah, maybe an auditorium in a school on a 8 o'clock on a Thursday night, and I don't know what it would be called yet, but it would be like, do you know what alcoholism is? Do you know what addiction is? Guess what? Some of your sons and your daughters and their friends are going to be addicted and they're going to be an alcoholic. Do you want to learn about it? What do you think about that?
1: I already got an idea. All right.
0: All right. <laughs> No. all right cool all right jan i'm gonna shut this off and we're gonna we're gonna talk okay. quick about that thank you so much put that next to you
1: thank you very much I really helped one person
0: yeah yeah you, you have you have a lot to say i appreciate you coming in bye